For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Brian Goldfinger from Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. We'd like to wish you and your family a happy and a safe holiday season. Everyone here at my law firm hopes that you don't need our services, especially this time of year. Visit goldfingerlaw.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of December 17th. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm joined on the line by Blake. Blake, I miss you at the party, man. Yeah, I left. As, as soon as you said you were almost there, I took off. Yeah, wow. That was, uh, that was heartbreaking, but you had to rush home to cover uh, Raptors Blazers. What yeah, a game. Look, this is, this it was is the fun problem. at the bar, man. You should have covered it from the bar. This is the Wi-Fi? problem with Raptors Republic these days is that there's no one who will sacrifice a party oh. for the coverage. This is why this is why the site's gone downhill, why uh-huh. the comments are wilding out. Uh, yeah, Unbelievable. The, the comments are... Oh, man. Blake, that must be the, the thing you miss least about RR is the comments. Dude, I still have to deal with it. I, I've still been tagged in like three or four times mm. where, where people like DM me mm. and be like, Hey, you, uh, you have this situation going on in the comments. I'm like, all right. I guess, I guess I'll wait in there and delete some, delete some comments and block some people. One of the dumbest things I've ever done at the at RR, which was a lot, but uh, I think back in like 2014, I tried to like tackle the comments and was like, "Yo, come up with a set of rules, like this is this and this," and that was the dumbest thing because it's just an ungodly place. Um, yeah. How was the party? How, how... I, w- I would say the dumbest thing that you have done at Raptors Republic, we were ranking all of them, was committing to a post-game pod a couple years ago <laughs> and doing it every single game for a couple years now, including preseason games. Yeah. I mean, That's like, like I, I put out too much content, but you have committed to too much of one very specific content. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've really pigeonholed myself. Uh, you know, there's like, there's like two approaches to content. You either do everything or you like keep it super exclusive I think ten uh, things in a pod, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's surprising a lot of work, surprisingly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yo, how drunk were people before I got there? Because when I got there, like, it was a mess. I mean, okay, so I'll Barry was like a zombie. Yeah. So as I left, like, I left with kind of Barry and Sam and Zarara and Nick as they were, I'll just say, going outside. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's about when I took off, and at that point, everyone was pretty good. Everyone had like some wings and nachos in them. Uh-huh. I think most people were around like two, maybe three beers at that point. Um, but I'd also only been there from like seven to nine, so people people were probably right about at the tipping point when I took off. Yeah, because by the time I got there, Lewis was ordering shots like every two minutes. Like he was like Rudy Gay against in Houston before he got traded. Like it yeah, was, the like, like ten non-stop. for thirty three game. Yeah, it was it was eleven for thirty seven, Blake, and then he yeah. banned stat sheets from the locker room, and then yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I gotta love Lewis uh, putting shots up like a guy who's not responsible for the tab at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, that, I I left before that thing had to get paid. Yeah, these these industry tough. people, the bartenders like Lewis, you know. Mm. That's true. Anyway, That's true. it sounded like you guys got just out of control. 
which um, is not not surprising at all. It was fun, man. The Christmas party is always fun. Like the 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 middle of the summer party is usually a little bit more toned down, but uh, which no, is unfortunate fun, for me because that's usually the one I can you know usually we put the Christmas one on the night of a game, so I always I feel like I always have to duck out early. Um, but yeah, the summer one I can I can do a little more. You know, I was gonna say it's been years since uh, you and I have watched the game together. It's actually not years. I think the last one we watched together was 2017. Yeah, um, I think you came Raptors, to my Orlando. place in Liberty Village like after yeah. after uh, you and Cash came by after you guys had a soccer game. That, oh, that's and right. We, like, we did the React pod at my place. I actually, I think I remember the specifically the game. I think the Raptors lost to Orlando in Orlando, and Fred Van Vliet got a lot of run that time. And I think it was like 2017 after Kyle Lowry got hurt, which uh, is a good segue to how ugly the basketball was uh, against yeah. the Nuggets and. and to a lesser degree against Portland because um, this team is this team is not the same without Kyle and um, some people have even argued that uh, the team is actually just you know um, not as good with Kawhi I think you and I both know that that's very stupid and you've argued against that in one of your recent recaps for the Athletic um, go get the subscription or whatever uh, use the promo code Blake Murphy what, what's the promo code do you have a promo uh, code still it's, no there's no promo code um, wow. sometimes so if you don't have a subscription and you click one of my articles so instead of using a promo code what helps me out is if you subscribe off of one of my articles uh, um, oh. but if you're not subscribed sometimes sometimes the best way to do it is just like click an article and sometimes there are just like flash sales that pop up okay. so like someone was someone was asking me for a link the other day and I have a 30% off link that I can give out mm. but I checked and there was like a flash 40% sale uh, okay. uh, at that moment. So that dude got 40% up. Well, I mean, regardless, try to support Blake, which, whichever way you can. But um, yeah, this whole this whole conversation with Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard is a bit silly. Can, but can we try to figure out why this team performs um, at its level when Kawhi is not there and Kyle's running the show? Whereas when Kyle is out, the team is clearly not as fluid as it was, um, you know, uh, as, as compared to vice versa. Well, I think I think it's two things or three things really because one of them is just like a little bit of it is just random, like so sometimes weird stuff like that happens over the course of thirty-two games. Um, but the two big ones I think are one, it's kind of the nature of the point guard position where Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the team and his absence is maybe felt the most. But in terms of organizing and orchestrating the offense and having like kind of executing a cohesive offensive game plan, well, Kyle Lowry is the guy running everything. And I think even though they have good point guard depth, uh, you know, you take that guy away, you take away the smartest guy on the floor, you take away the league leading assist maker, uh, you take away a guy who has a knack for getting his bigs involved in the way that they like to be involved. Um, that kind of has a trickle down where maybe. You know, maybe when Lowry's not there, it's not only Van Vliet or Wright stepping into his role. It's Serge Ibaka's a little less comfortable because he's not, you know, he's not getting the same passes that that um, that he would normally get from a Kyle Lowry. Or JV's less comfortable. Or even Kawhi, you know, when Kawhi has the ball, Kyle Lowry's an immense spot-up threat. Um, so that's one. And then the other thing is probably just that Kyle Lowry's been there for a long time and he's played with these guys uh, for a long time. And he's kind of more established to where... I don't mean he's more important necessarily big picture, mm-hmm. but um, you take Kawhi out and you like there's that element of him still learning the offense that kind of goes away. And the guys stepping into that role have played those roles before and Kyle can kind of keep that all cohesive. So um, I think it's a combination of those things. You know, it certainly doesn't help that like a big chunk of their games together was just Lowry in this terrible, terrible shooting slump, too which doesn't really have anything to do with Kawhi. Lowry just had five really bad games or 15 kind of bad games. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I think that's kind of just it is just 
Lowry's important, and the point guard position is kind of the one where you can you maybe feel that trickle down on offense. Um, what about this theory? All right, um, I think the Raptors play a lot slower without Kyle. Kyle is really good at pushing the pace, and when the Raptors are sort of playing in transition, it can get points out of chaos. Um, you know, it's just an easy opportunity. I think they've been a pretty good chance as a team, sort of as a whole this season. A lot of that is sure. from Kyle pushing the pace, and like when Kawhi is running the show, or even when the other point guards are running the show, they're just not nearly as aggressive. Like Fred, when he gets under the basket, is more liable to throw up a bad shot, as we saw. You know, him going one on four in, in Portland at a very uh, opportune time, um, which is actually not fair. I mean, he had a really good game outside of that, but that was a pretty impactful play. And Delon is sort of, you know, he's just kind of too tentative in general. And then when you ask um, Kawhi to run the show, he's way more methodical. So this, the pace of the game slows down. And I think we've seen that against Cleveland. We saw that, um, you know, uh, definitely against Denver. And, and even to a lesser extent, we saw it against Portland because the offense wasn't really flowing against Portland. It was just so much that uh, the Raptors hit a ton of threes and that kind of kept them in it. But um... Yeah, and Kawhi right now has the second um, slowest pace number of any regular in the rotation. Ibaka's the only one with a, a slower individual pace. And, uh, you know, a lot of that is you know, it's hard to strip out because, like, Kawhi's played most of his minutes with, with Lowry and with Ibaka. Um, but they do play a little faster with Lowry on the floor uh, without Kawhi Leonard. And then, you know, that's just the pace number. I'm sure if we could isolate you know, seconds per offensive possession uh, by this lineup data, I'm sure that that would be, you know, even starker. Because one thing Kawhi does do to to slow down the game, too, is, um, you know, the defense is better when he's on the court, and that kind of grinds teams down. Now, it's interesting because, like, obviously the team has looked a little better with Lowry and, uh, sorry, with Lowry and without Leonard than vice versa. Um, and the, the on-off numbers back that up. Like, Lowry's a plus 13 net rating, Kawhi plus 8.6, and if you isolate them without each other, uh, it's been, you know, basically without Lowry where the team struggles. Um, offensively, though, the team is still, even though it looks uglier, uh, like the, the Raptors' assist percentage when Lowry's not on the floor drops from, like, 61% to 51%, mm-hmm. which is, like, dropping from last year's Raptors to the entire Dwayne Casey era before that Raptors. Wow. Um, yeah, um, but the offense is still pretty good in, in those minutes with, uh-huh. with Leonard on the floor. So they're... You know, I don't. This is one of my issues with the like they can't play together. It's not that they can't play together. The team's still really good. They're just being really good in kind of a different way. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about this conversation that came up uh, where Nick Nurse raised the point that Kawhi's not getting to the free throw line enough um, on the year? Kawhi's average, actually averaging a career high in, uh, in free throw attempts at six point eight per game. His previous career high was. Um, actually, no, that's not a career high. Never mind. He had 7.2 in, in his last year in San Antonio, but 6.8 is his second highest total. Um, he does rank about in the top 10 NBA-wide in terms of free throw attempts. Uh, but to me, it does look like because Kawhi doesn't say anything about getting fouled, he's not really a very vocal guy in general, but especially him playing through contact, I think it's actually quite commendable that he does that. A lot of star players don't. Um, but is that having a negative effect in terms of him not getting, um, uh, I don't know, not respect from the officials? I think he, the officials do respect him, um, but enough free throw attempts. Because, you know, there are some games where he really does attack the paint relentlessly. And um, maybe it's because he's too strong or whatever, and he's still always looking to score after getting fouled. He's not just throwing the ball up and sort of making the refs call something. That, uh, I don't know, is he being shorted on the free throw line? Yeah, I don't... I, I think maybe a little bit. Like I don't think I don't think statistically Nurse's gripe is quite as extreme as he makes it seem. Like you said, mm. 
per game, this is his second highest free throw total ever. Um, based on free throw weight, which is free throw attempts per field goal attempts, uh, it's the second highest mark of his career. He, mm-hmm. He's basically taking a .36 free throws for every field goal attempt, and that's hovering right around a top 10 mark. Now, you could argue, based on the way Leonard plays, you know, maybe that should be a top five mark. Maybe, you know, he does go to the rim hard, and he does mm-hmm. finish through a lot of contact. And I think maybe even more than the no complaining thing, uh, it might be that like Leonard is so strong that when guys reach in and rip at his arms and he's able to just kind of keep swinging the ball through and still get shots off, I do wonder if sometimes that has an impact where like fouls don't seem to have as much of an effect on Kawhi Leonard as they do on some other players uh, because he can kind of just like steamroll through them. And I know that sounds like I'm joking, but like I actually do wonder if there's like you know, if a foul's harder to pick up, if a guy doesn't physically react to the foul as much as other players do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the argument against uh, that's the that's the thing that's been holding LeBron back, basically. I mean, if anything holds LeBron back, I mean, but seriously, the LeBron takes a lot of contact and he doesn't. Not all of it gets called. I, I think. I mean, I also think that like part of it is just like maybe it's just Kawhi's already getting a little bit tired of it. And he wants the coach to sort of speak for him in that sense. And maybe Nick Nurse is coming to his defense because it felt like... Hey, which I'm totally cool with. The Nick Nurse, oh, yeah, for you sure. know, a, a part of Nick Nurse's salary this year is earned making Kawhi happy, so... Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> if he should really get his salary doubled, actually, if Kawhi resigns. Um, or just in general, really. Yeah, well, he's making nothing, so... <laughs> Yo, I think he's spending his entire salary on suits. Yeah. There's, there's um, no way. He's bought, he's bought, like, at least 10 sets of new suits. Um, including one for just the Craig Sager night on TNT. And um, I don't know, man. I mean, he's he's not getting paid that doing Casey's salary just yet. I will say one thing. At the team level, this is so <laughs> I know... Just Raptors, get past that, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to gloss past it, man. Um, I'm not going to slander this man's goatee on the air. I'm not going uh, to get into the fashion specifics. Uh-huh. Um, one thing, so Raptors fans, obviously, for a long time, and this is something that, like, it annoys me about your Twitter sometimes because people get mad about the refs and then Mm. I'll be like, calm down. Like it's not that bad. And then people would be like, well, look at what Will's saying. Will's complaining. And then I was complaining, man. Yeah. Um, But so, so for the last like five years, the Raptors were one of the uh, like most favorable free throw disparity teams because they played a little conservative defensively and they had guys who got to the line a lot. So they were like on average taking more free throws than, um, than their opponents. This year, that's, like, the complaints are finally... Look, free throw total is not indicative of referee bias. Like, one of the reasons the Raptors are fouling uh, at the rate that they foul is because by Nick Nurse's own admission, they're being super aggressive digging in to try to get all these steals uh, and things like that. What's interesting is that the Raptors not only uh, are not taking a lot of free throws this year, they're 23rd in the NBA in free throw rate, um, they're also like bottom six in fouls given. So like Raptors games have just like had no free throws. So like last night against the Nuggets where it seems like, oh, wow, like the refs swallowed the whistle. Um, this is crazy. Like, like they're really letting him play. That's kind of been the case for Raptors games all year. Uh, and I do wonder if that has an impact too, where like, like do refs look at a at, look at the trends with two teams ahead of a matchup or do they get briefed on some of the stats and it's like okay well the raptors play an aggressive physical defense and, and you know denver plays a physical defense and so we're gonna let these two teams play and then you look at the end of the game and it's like oh shit why only got to the line four times and and two of them were were what did nurse call them charity charity fouls hmm. there was one play where i know nuggets fans got really upset in the arena because he kind of just like 
uh, I think Monty Morris like shocked him with a double, and Kawhi turned his body and turned into the path of Monty Morris and kind of like reacted. Not like he flopped, but it literally just wasn't. He didn't know he was there, and he bumped into. Maybe that's what he was talking about because Nuggets fans are really upset about that call. But, there was a uh, funny one last night too, where I think it was Monroe was like getting ready to post Plumley, and mm. Plumley flopped just a split second oh, yeah. too early, and then Monroe. But then Monroe fell, like because like it almost worked that like Plumley had pulled the chair, but yep. he was actually trying to flop. I mean, you know, it's, it's wow. smart. It's 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 smart. It's smart. Um, actually, I was actually really I, I I couldn't believe that I found myself envious of the Nuggets that they had a guy coming off the bench well actually he started yesterday in Plumlee because I was like man the Raptors could really use a backup center right now and uh in that moment I found myself really missing JV uh, in both these games without him so far um you know but the man Portland JV's game. having a nice year he really I is don't, uh, he, he's, he's, he's been uh, very like, productive and like, I think like I mean I've been very confident in Monroe in thinking that he can come in and play more but I think his physicality this year has really uh, dropped off as compared to previous seasons. He's not nearly the type of banger down low that uh, JV is, and I think that that's probably the part of the game that the Raptors will miss, just having a big physical center with JV. And I think, you know, man, I, I know you can't really start Monroe over Ibaka the way you could start JV over Ibaka because JV has some clout, whereas Monroe is just, like, the third-string center. But, like, I think that rotation was working really well. And, you know, you look at a game like Portland, when you have Nurkic out there, normally that would be JV start. But Although they, they, did start, they did start Ibaka against Nurkic in the preseason. Yeah, that's true. I remember being really surprised at that. Yeah. And I actually, Nurkic I thought, can't I shoot. The, pardon? Because Nurkic can't shoot. Yeah, I thought the Nuggets game actually was is a super... They didn't do this the first time, but, like, the Nuggets, especially the way they've been playing shorthanded, that would have been a great Ibaka and JV game. Yep, yep. Which is, uh, you know, we've seen so little of that. Um, JV, man, when I when JV got hurt and I like looked cl- more closely at the numbers, it was wild. Like he's at career highs per thirty six points, rebounds, assists, and steals. Uh, career high usage rate, career high true shooting percentage, career low turnover rate, and he's the best rim protector in the NBA among guys who have defended a hundred shots at the rim. Mm. That's wild. Now those stats are like noisy and just descriptive, but like. It's crazy how well the the smaller role was suiting JV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or he's... maybe it's not even the smaller role. Maybe he's just playing really well. Maybe it would have held up in five more minutes a game. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's also really impressive that he's getting those numbers within the context of playing within a bench unit that has like struggled so much. And we could talk about the bench and, a little bit later. And has a ton of trouble just using him for whatever reason. Yeah, but I mean, like he he's just found ways to contribute, and I think there are specific matchups that you know would really help. And I think. Um, I mean, how long is he out for? Like a month? Yeah, at least four weeks. He's in the cast for four weeks. Yeah, I mean, so it, that's a, that's about. I think I when I looked at the schedule, it was fifteen games minimum. Yeah, I mean that's tough, man. That's tough, and and you're really gonna miss JV. Um, I I think with Monroe, yeah, I just think he has to play more physically. He just yeah. has to. And, and I did it's... spend a, a good portion of Sunday's game just yelling, "Where's Boucher? Like, where's Wallace?" Strength. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nurse. Where's Where's Boucher? Man? Yo, but when Boucher finally checked into the game and he was guarding Jokic, I swear to God, Jokic was like three times as thick as him. Boucher was also demanding the ball from Kawhi, which I thought was hilarious. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> do you think Do you think Kawhi knows who Chris Boucher is? No, hell no, man. I don't think Kawhi knows Malachi Richardson. I don't think he knows Jordan Lloyd. I he, he knows he Lorenzo knows Brown. He knows Lorenzo Brown just enough to be like, hey, Bobby, this guy's guaranteed dates up soon, right? 
<laughs> Man, this hate on Lorenzo Brown. I, I like I, Lorenzo Brown. I just think too. he's. I just you know I think he's the third point guard on a lot of teams and. Uh, yeah, he's the fourth string point guard. What are yeah. people complaining about, man? Yeah. When it comes honestly, to the game, he's honestly, bad. Honestly, the only like... reason that I the only reason that I have any like thought about Lorenzo Brown at all is just that like they probably don't want to use that fifteenth roster spot. So if you decide they need another center or another shooter or whatever, yeah. you know, you you kind of got to wave Brown in January before his deal guarantees. Yeah, I don't that's think people the, will be complaining about that. You know, yeah, I don't think people will be complaining about. That. But hey, Lorenzo Brown always had. Those moments against uh, the Mavs this season, and also yeah. the first like two three minutes he played against the Nuggets were legitimately impressive. He was good in the in that blowout of the Cavs last year during the G League Showcase when when he played like fifty five yes. minutes in the same day over two games. Yes, what a game! What he was better also, than Isaiah Thomas was. Isaiah Thomas shot like one of fifteen. Isaiah Thomas was like full on on the court on a, during a possession last night. Yeah, he he looked like a ball boy. Like he was so small, and like his pants are so small. <laughs> he looks uh, like he also, shoves a ch- kids gap. Lorenzo Brown keeping the G League MVP trophy in his locker is like like no, that is on, such man. a power move. He I, does. Uh, yeah, he keeps it in his locker. Wow. Um, if you ever came to a game, you know that. Wow, wow. I've been <laughs> at like three or four this year, right? It's, I know, I know. It's already working on a career high. I'm on that Chris Boucher by assignment basis. Yeah. Yeah, you're um, on that two two way contract. This the scores got the scores got ninety NBA days to spread out across eighteen basketball writers. Yeah, well, you know, Alex Alex and Cash have to get the first touches of the club. So, um, free Wolf on. Oh, free Joe Wolf for sure. I think he's, he's going to the, the Pacers. Better than all you guys. Well, you know, it's don't, don't let people know <laughs> that, but yeah, definitely. Um, he's coming to the Pacers game by the way, which is going to be very interesting. Nice. Are you going uh, to that one too? No. Are you kidding me? Actually, no. I'm going to the game as a fan. Yeah, I might see oh, you there okay. actually. Yeah. yeah, where are you sitting? Uh, I don't know, but uh, my, I'm going with my boy Ravi. Shout out to Ravi. Um, yeah, I mean he's. Uh, I don't know. They're gonna be good seats. They're like by the tunnel, like the, the players okay. go through. Yeah, that's where yeah, we sat you'll, last. You'll year. be really close then because I'm media sits one sixteen, one seventeen. So wow. I think the no, tunnel no, no, seats no, no, are. That's are fancy one... media for you and like Eric and you know. The yeah, other I mean, guys. look, I, I got bumped to the. I've been bumped to the gondola a couple times this year. What? It's, uh, yeah, man. Yes. Oh, for the I don't know. They have, they have no respect for NBC Bay Area television personalities. Oh. In that's right. Plug that, Blake. Plug that. <laughs> um, Plug that. No, I was up there for that game. I was up there for um, what other game? There was another ESPN game that I got bumped up there for just because, like, part of it is the athletic. If the athletic has people traveling, they can't really justify like three or four of those seats just for the athletic. Yeah, but so. it's... come on, man. Raptors PR. You've been you've been great, but like. You gotta keep Blake in that spot, man. Come on. That's fine, man. I, I like being upstairs sometimes. Wow, with the people, with it, the commoners. Yeah, if they, if they filled the, if they had to turn the coffee machine on, it'd be fine. Yeah, actually, nothing up there works. It's actually really depressing. Um, yeah, you also, know what it's like up. You know what it's like up there for Leaf games. Not only is the fridge open and there's coffee, but there's like ice cream and stuff too. God damn it, man! There's not even water. <laughs> it was such a hike to get water. <laughs> uh, for yeah, Raptors games, Leafs, but I, Leafs I can't media, complain. Though, man. Leafs media, you walk up there and like Kyle Dubas sits and watches a period with you, mm. and like uh, wow. I don't know, man, Brandon Shanahan like breaks bread with you. What's the best? My boy, you... my boy Cam comes out of the analytics booth and like feeds oh, you chicken right. nuggets. It's uh, it's wild the treatment Leafs Leafs writers get. Uh, what's the best that we get as Raptors media? We, you know, once in a while, Bobby Webster will come in and grab the media meal. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. But most of the time, it's just like a keel or someone. That's the that's the biggest <laughs> name that comes in, and you you get the bra bevels with. Wow, yeah, you got a bed enough for that one. Um, <laughs> let's let's <laughs> talk about the bed. Wow, <laughs> wow. Akil doesn't deserve this. No, nah, no. Nah, Akil seems like a good dude, man. He is a good dude. He seems like a good dude. They gotta um, get you on the hangout sometime soon, though. Yeah, we'll see about that, man. We'll see about that. Um, Jerome, I know Jerome's listening. Get Will on the hangout. Yeah, I met Jerome. We were there. See, this is the thing. Like, I'm starting to catch up to you guys in clout. Not like at your level, but you know, on the on the up and up level. Um, Don't talk to me about clout, man. You work with Alex. Alex is the clout king. <sighs> That's true. Yeah. No, that guy gets so many. That guy gets so much free swag. That man's teaching me to make moves, man. He's teaching me to make some moves. Yeah. Um, let's let's quickly talk about the bench, which is yeah. really depressing. All right. So yeah, it's, it's especially like depressing when you're missing two starters and two okay. reserves too. Blake. Then it gets then it gets real depressing. Okay. How about this? Well, we could just go through the roster, right? After got you know, in terms of the guys coming off the bench, you trust Van Vliet. He's really turned it around. Yeah. You trust DeLon Wright because he's inconsistent, but he's overall a pretty good player. Yeah, his, his numbers, numbers are, like, okay. way worse than I would have guessed, like, from just watching him. He makes, yeah, he's more of an impact on the court guy than in the box score, but, like, he's all right. And then JV has been really good like, yeah. in terms of in his role, right? So that's eight guys, obviously, in addition to the five starters who have been fantastic. Um, the issue is you just don't have any positive contributions from the rest of the roster. And, and and that's not an exaggeration. Obviously, these guys have all had, you know, good moments here or there. But when you look at CJ Miles, um, when you look OG. at OG, when you look at Norm, um, like, it's, it's just, it's barren. And it's almost to the point where the Raptors have to do something, right? Because, like, when you watch the game yesterday against the Nuggets, I understand that it was the last game of a road trip and everyone probably lost their legs and that's why they couldn't shoot, but the amount of missed wide-open threes where Kawhi would drive, draw three guys, kick it out to somebody, and it was, like, OG wide open and Miles wide open and the missing threes, and those are the guys that you're counting on to hit those threes, you know, it does kind of raise an issue. Yeah, now, I will say that, like, Obviously, when healthy, some of that is minimized because, like, Miles and OG aren't on the floor late in a game. You know, they both had – both of them and I think Monroe all had usage rates above 20 last night. And, like, that obviously doesn't happen if you're healthy. Um, big picture, the Raptors are up to almost 35% shooting on threes, which is fine. They're at, like, 39.1% on wide open, which is, like, middle of the pack. And they're doing a good job creating those wide open looks. Uh, but, yeah, at, at the end of the – Rotation, I think it's like I think it's probably a little concerning that when healthy, Norm has been your ninth best player. Um, like OG, OG is not only shooting poorly, down to under thirty percent on threes, and obviously the the free throw struggles, uh, but he hasn't been quite the same guy defensively. And now I personally think he's still dealing with that wrist thing because like I've seen him in a brace outside of games. Okay. Um, and then part of it too is like. I mean, part of it is development's not linear, right? Like, mm-hmm. like a guy has a good rookie season, you kind of catch some people sleeping, and then people are prepared for you, and now you got to make the kind of counter move. Um, CJ might just be... He might just be know, gone, man. Yeah, I, like I don't want to say, but... Yeah, like, he came in in great shape, and he's clearly working his ass off. Um, but that's a guy that, like, when you only have one above-average skill, and if that skill starts to slide a little bit, like, your hold on a rotation spot is, is pretty limited. And I, don't, I think... You know, shooting tends to age slower than most skills. So, like, I don't think he's suddenly a 30% three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we've said this throughout his entire tenure. If he's not knocking those down, you know, his spot in the rotation is the one that's most susceptible to Norm coming back healthy and jumping it or, 
you know, whoever, if they, if they try to uh, add via the trade market. Now, I think they still have seven weeks to figure this out. Hmm. You know, you wait and get Norm back healthy and you see what he looks like and, and you see if OG can round out of it or whatever. Um, you don't have to make these decisions right now. But yeah, I think they would like to have, you know, a ninth guy, maybe even a tenth guy that they're a little more comfortable turning to come playoff time. Um, obviously, you, this is impossible to answer without knowing the market and knowing specifically what people cost and what you know um, return teams want. But are are the Raptors sort of looking for a smaller move that sort of bolsters the bench and you know bringing in a shooter or whatever, maybe another center, um, you know, to deal with certain matchups, uh, or are they looking at a bigger move in terms of you know uh, getting maybe a more reliable secondary score? Like, what's more of a priority, I guess. Yeah, it's. I guess I. I don't know about priority. Like I think they're they'll explore everything. And if like like I never put a lot of stock in the Bradley Beal thing, and I never played those scenarios out because I didn't think it was very realistic that he'd get dealt. Um, you know, if a guy like that hit the market and was undervalued, I think they they try to you know they'd be interested in a move like that, obviously. Uh, but I think more realistically, especially considering you're not going to have very many sellers this year, like 14 teams in the West right now are three games under 500 or better. Like those teams are not going to be selling. Um, so you've got basically your sellers market right now is Phoenix, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Cavs, and the Hawks. And that's pretty much it. And the Cavs have already started selling pieces. Uh, so you don't have, you know, a ton of teams, at least right now, that are going to tear down. So it might be smaller things. It might be, you know, you attach a pick to, to Miles and take back someone's salary or something like that. Um, a small shuffling move like that. If, you know, I could see them playing the buyout market too. I don't know if any of those teams are going to be super eager to to buy guys out, but like, would the Bulls buy out Robin Lopez ahead of the deadline, and then maybe you can get him as center depth? Okay. I don't know if like something like that presents itself. That's like the Eric Green dream scenario. He he's uh, he's thirsty for for Robin Lopez. He's... But I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know honestly. Like the Trevor Reza uh-huh. thing fell already. The the Kyle Korver thing fell. The J.R. Smith thing isn't feasible for the Raptors in no. terms of salary matching. Um, there aren't a lot of guys out there right now that I would think are available. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I don't think there's anyone on Cleveland that anyone really wants, and anyone that you know might be slightly intriguing, like let's say like uh, you know Chetty Osman or whatever. Like those are guys that I think the Cavaliers are going to try to hold on to. Um, yeah. Like I guess like, like just Justin keep... Holiday sort of like pique your interest any at all? Like he's you know but, like, wasting away on the, the Bulls. I don't know, man. He's probably he's got to be better than CJ, right? Yeah, but like, is he, yeah, and he's probably better than Norm. But like, is he better enough than those guys to attach a pick? Nah. And like, like if the Heat if the Heat fall a few extra games below five hundred, like, do you attach a pick to CJ for Wayne Ellington, who's just like a rich man CJ? I mean, that might like actually, Ellington I might I wouldn't Ellington might be the high water mark of these like mid level guys you might be able to get if a team kind of slides out of. Yeah, at a contention, but, the but even also, then, the Miami's just don't hanging have, around too much. Yeah, and they also just don't have much of an incentive, you know, to yeah, fall I mean, out of the playoffs. They, if they fall, if they start to fall, they they might have an incentive because I don't think they. I think they are out their own pick this year. They're they're still out two picks for the Dragic thing, so mm. they might be they might be amenable to to a trade. And like Ellington's a free agent, so one guy maybe uh, something like that works out. But one guy I wouldn't mind is uh, getting Anthony Tolliver off the Timberwolves. He's basically fallen out of the rotation since they traded for Covington and Sarge. And, like, 
as a shooter off the bench to basically be Patrick Patterson, I wouldn't mind. Like this team could use a bit of Patrick Patterson. Yeah, I mean he'd yeah. be. He'd and then be you fine. shift more, and you shift OG back to three, which I think he's more comfortable playing three than four at this point in his career anyway. Yeah, a little size and shooting is is never going to hurt, right? If you can yeah. get a guy like that. Um, again, we we kind of get back to we're going to get into this with all of these guys. Is like, is it worth attaching a pick to? Uh-huh. Um, because like the the Wolves aren't just going to take on salary to to be rid of Anthony Tolliver. So you're going to have to sweeten it in some way. But they could buy him out. I mean, they could, yeah, 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 and he can. Uh, you know, I don't know. He might still have some negative feelings towards Toronto after what wow. DeMar did to him last year. <laughs> I, I wouldn't blame him, to be honest. I, I really wouldn't blame him. But no, seriously, yeah. Tolliver was like a really solid player for um, the Pistons last year, and he's just like not playing at all. So that's something we look at. But yeah, I agree. I, I think if there's any move, it's going to be something on the fringes or, you know, I don't know. I speculated that, um, not even speculated, I just thought that like, you know, with the way this team is playing, you could use a slightly different skill set from JV, but I mean, you already seen two games out of the lineup. Like he's the, his absence is already felt. So, you know, Here, that, here's the name for you if, if they slide okay. in the play, in the in the playoff bracket right now. Yeah, um, and they look too good right now. But I I don't know if it'll hold up. Terrence Ross. Man, okay, people gotta stop. What is this? Man? <laughs> does, does Sean Woodley really have clout like this? Dude, he's shooting forty percent on five threes a game, and the play like half the playbook is already oh, like God. plays to get Terrence Ross flare threes. Oh God. Uh, like all the stuff they run for CJ is stuff they ran for Terrence. It'd be so seamless. Uh, yeah, I, I mean he'd be better than CJ for sure. And if that's sort of the the marker we're going going for, then okay. But uh, let me just read you Terrence Ross's playoff stats. All right, obviously yeah, all just, with I'm the numbers. I'm just messing with you, man. I don't need to hear. I don't need to relive Terrence Ross's playoff stats. I don't even even if his even if his stats were good, I'll still remember him like just standing out at half court on the final play, game seven oh against the Nets, God. because everyone got mixed up with. With what what side of the floor the play was on? Uh, for people who are interested in Terrence Ross, six point one points per game in thirty one career playoff games, all with the Raptors. Thirty six percent shooting and twenty nine percent from three, and also just comically bad defense. Now he was younger then. He wasn't this Terrence. He, he wasn't this Terrence. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, Terrence is having a good year, man. I'm, I'm happy for Terrence. You know. Anyway, this segment has been sponsored by the Locked On Raptors podcast. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Woodley got to cut the check down. Yeah, that's right. Hit me up with a, uh, a, a coupon to a local spot in Hamilton. I don't even yeah. know, really. Just give me not, some not HSR bus tokens. There. Yo, by the way, people have to stop with the, the Shea Gilgis Alexander is from Hamilton stuff. You don't get to claim him. He's Wait, from Toronto, it? man. Okay, so what's what's the other? He he went to high. He like he played his high school ball in Hamilton. Oh, that's that's enough. Nah, if it were any other city, I'd say yes. But wow, you can't hang that Hamilton stuff on him. Wow, nah, Hamilton's coming. This isn't like a Jamal Murray situation where Cambridge can claim him because it's close enough to Kitchener. Yeah, that's right. We just everyone gets lumped into the five one nine area there. Um, No, I feel like that's that's fair, man. If you go to high school somewhere, you can claim. I'm just kidding. I I grew up in Etobicoke and I've been out here claiming Mississauga, like you know. It's, people no, always you can, lie, you, you can claim Nick Stauskas being out in Etobicoke. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Sham did that. Uh, drunkenly, Sham did that. And I think we called him uh, Mayor, Mayor Hazel's grandson. Oh, wow. Yeah. Carrying the legacy of Miss Saga. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's wrap up by looking up the schedule for this week, I guess. Sure. Is there anything else that you want to talk about the Raptors? Nah, man. No? I just want to talk to you. All right. I didn't agree to come on the pod to talk about the team. I just... That's why we're going for coffee. Trying to, catch, trying to catch up with you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we have that making moves coffee. 
Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, okay, <laughs> before we <laughs> talk about that, though, let's just at least go through the schedule here. All right. Yeah. Um, the Pacers Wednesday in Toronto. Not an easy game, um, but it should be pretty fun considering the Pacers have won seven in a row coming into this game. I, I think they play again uh, either today or tomorrow. Let me just let's check the schedule on that. They play. They play. Uh, they play Tuesday. So Tuesday. Wednesday will be second night of a back to back. Okay. Which you know it's against Cleveland, so they might not be super fatigued, and it's a home game for them. Mm. Uh, the biggest the biggest loss there is that it means we get no shoot around with Corey Joe. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Corey Joe's lost his way a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's... not this whole like uh, the whole T.J. Ford, Jose Calderon thing they were doing with Darren Collison and Corey Joseph is mm. very over. Although Corey's, Corey's at least knocking down threes. Which is nice. I remember last year he he started out pretty hot, and then there were articles about how he, his nickname was Laser because he would always hit threes. And I'm thinking like, is this a different <laughs> Corey Joseph that I didn't know about? But yeah. Also, can we be a little more creative with the nicknames? Yeah, for sure. Like um, that's some that's some Jason Schwartzman in Slackers level of of nickname giving. It's not great. That's a that's a deep cut. Also, what's no. not great is uh Corey Joseph's hair has has not nearly been as tidy as. When it was in Toronto. Is he not keeping the rose tight? Mm, no, I, I I don't I don't think it's the best look personally. But uh, well, maybe I getting back here will be good so. for him. Maybe maybe in place of that shoot around on Wednesday, he can uh he can get his hometown barber to hook him up. I really hope so because he was like he just looks so good in Toronto and since leaving, it's just uh it's been more messy in Indiana as you would expect. But look, the Pacers have been playing pretty good basketball. Um, you know they had. Uh, what's his name? Victor Oladipo out of the lineup for a while. They survived that, and uh, they're just one of the toughest teams in the league in terms of how they play the Raptors last year. I think they split two-two. Um, but Oladipo uh, had some games. Yeah, exactly. Oladipo had some games. Now the Raptors have Danny Green and Kawhi to throw at him, but uh, it's still not going to be an easy game. No, it's it's going to be tough. You know, Indiana's the number two defense. Uh, they're top ten in every basically every defensive metric. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at like the four factors and stuff like that, um, you know they play even when they play a little bigger. They're still, you know, kind of they're still kind of quick and switchy enough. And when they play smaller, they're still kind of tough and, and rebound well enough. So, um, you know, the the this is kind of a game that you know it could look a lot like the Memphis game or even last night's Denver game. Where there's some offensive firepower there, but it's also two pretty good defenses and two teams that, like, in a tight game like that, might be okay slowing the pace down and grinding it out a little bit. Um, Indiana is not, like, they're not a super effective half-court scoring team. Mm. So if you can, you know, if you can, you can't contain Oladipo, but if you can throw just one guy at him, um, you know, and keep them out of the transition game, you might be, you might be in good shape to slow them down and, and, you know, keep them around the 95 mark and then. You know, their defense is good, though, man. They're really tough. Yeah, I got two concerns about this game. One, um, the Raptors' backup big situation. If we're going to be throwing out Greg Monroe and they're putting out Demontis Abonis, that's a mismatch. That's tough, yeah. Um, and also, I just don't know who's going to be healthy for this game, man. Because, like, Danny Green's not wearing an eye patch because he got poked in the eye in the Nuggets yeah. game. I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough. <laughs> I don't want to see basketball in the Raptors without Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. And if you take yeah, Danny now, Green out too, like yikes. Nick, Nick Nurse sounded optimistic on Sunday that like Lowry and Siakam isn't a long term thing. Um, you Nick know, Nurse Fred, is very optimistic all the time about injuries. Van Van Vliet's back is something that like he's just dealt with that on and off. So like two days off plus he's the really game. Lowry, huh? So like he'll, yeah, yeah, he is. He'll have had like four days off before then, um, and then like 
even something as simple as like Chris Boucher will have practiced. Like yeah. the team hasn't practiced in, in over a week. Yeah. Because of the, the compressed West Coast schedule. So they're, uh, you know, that kind of stuff might help. But yeah, if you don't have, if you don't have JV and you don't have Siakam for that matchup, that's going to be, because that, that game has Siakam at the five kind of written all over it. This one? The Indiana one? Yeah. Why? I mean, they use Demonte Sabonis as a as kind of the backup center. You you don't really want Monroe there unless you're gonna like really stagger your minutes so that like Monroe is seeing some time against Miles Turner and then like I, I just don't know if Greg Monroe can guard in this matchup. I don't know if Greg Monroe can guard in almost any matchup really. Uh, but no, I, I wouldn't put Pascal Siakam in the post with uh, what does he have like a back thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't put him with a bad back against Sabonis, man. Yeah, exactly, CJ. That you were melting down about at the bar. I was, uh, I was. I mean, it looked bad in real time, and even on the replay, it was just like you know, Pascal's airborne. I don't see why you got to foul him that hard in with a guy mid air. Obviously, I get taking a foul and denying layups, like whatever. You know, you got to. If you got that mustache that CJ's wearing, then you gotta come off a little <laughs> bit tougher than you than that mustache suggests. But like, seriously, man, like he's he's airborne already. It's the second quarter. Like, just let him yeah. have the layup, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, I guess the other concern about this game is that uh, Doug McDermott plays for the Pacers. Oh yeah, that's right. Which is easy to forget. The Raptors could use yeah. a Doug McDermott, although he got paid a lot of money this offseason. He did get paid. He got like what three twenty two or something like that. Yeah, which is uh, pretty wild, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he's always liable to lie to the Raptors. I don't know. I want to call that one a toss-up based on the injury situation. Um, the Cavaliers. Yeah, I mean, I think all of this is kind of a toss-up. Like, yeah, they, they'll, they'll beat the Cavaliers for sure, but, like, hmm. you can't really bank on Philly or Indiana until you know whether guys are going to be all right. Um, at this point, I'm just not afraid of Philly whatsoever. Like, whether they win or lose, it doesn't change how I feel about playing the Sixers. Yeah, that's just like that one could be second night of a back to back. Like maybe Kawhi sits if yeah. one of these injury lingers. I don't know. That one's the last road game before Christmas, the Christmas break, and it's the second night of a back to back. That's going to be a, a weird one to call anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, but they could probably go two and one on that stretch, right? They like they probably should. You figure you you drop one of the Indiana Philly games and beat Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, which, again, and if that's the case, then the Raptors would have played their hardest stretch of the season in yeah. terms of, um, you know, going through the Grizzlies, the Warriors. You know, they played the Cavs twice, but the Nuggets twice, uh, the Sixers twice. Did you say the Cavs? I mean, I, I'm discounting the Cavs, obviously. Yeah, they're, well, they're not why, great. why do we care if they play? They'll well, play the Cavs three times. The East still I goes through the Cavs. Uh, the East still goes through Cleveland, yeah. my friend. Ask right? Tristan. Yeah. Ask Tristan, future after. But uh, yeah, they uh, they also don't they don't travel more than one time zone the rest of the year, and they have the fewest games in the NBA from here forward. Like good. they've had the the most compressed and the most travel heavy schedule so far. Good, because I'm exhausted already. All right, <laughs> I'm starting to feel that Kyle fatigue of pl- like covering each every each and every one of these games. It's uh, it's been a lot. I don't know about you, Blake. I think you're probably never exhausted, or maybe always exhausted, but. Yeah, I think I think it's the second one, but mm. then I'm just like you get used to you get used to it. Yeah, that's that's called that's called being a workaholic. It's not good. It's not good. Um, but yeah, I would not mind for the schedule to ease up a little bit because you know. Yeah. Now tough. I will say, look, there there's still some like like they'll get back from the Christmas break. And there's still tough matchups. Like they have yeah, Utah, course. San Antonio, Milwaukee, Indiana over a four game stretch, yeah. uh, which is like it's not hard. But I'm not, I'm just saying it's not. It's not like a like a death 
right stretcher or it's not a it's not a cakewalk but the last month of the season mm. is a joke it's hilarious outside of playing okc back to back for some random reason uh, home yeah. at home it's uh it's hilariously easy the last month of the season is yeah it's it's very easy it's good it's now it's a good time for us to like you know fan up the schedule you know, maybe touch the 60 win mark, then we'll be like, wow, Kawhi definitely changed this team. It's definitely a better team. And then we'll see in the yeah. playoffs. You know. Also, the nice thing about that, the the end of the season, and like this is way too forward looking, uh, but you want to talk about like resting guys and stuff like that. Their last back to back is March 17th, 18th. So they don't have a back to back the last right. like three weeks of the season. That's perfect. And they play the Hornets, Bulls, Knicks, Bulls, Magic, Nets, Hornets, Heat, Timberwolves to end the year. That is hilarious. You, okay, you want to talk about being fatigued right now covering the team? At least these games have been fun and interesting. That is true. You're really going to feel that everyday fatigue late March when you're looking for something to write about off of a Thursday night game against the Knicks when the Raptors already have everything locked up and the Knicks are playing damn mean dots in 45 minutes. Yeah, I might have to uh, take a vacation uh, early April, just <laughs> just ahead of the playoffs, man. And I yeah. hope the Raptors do too. But um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Blake, thank you for doing this. You can read all of Blake's work at the Athletic. Um, yeah, and follow Blake on Instagram. How's the Instagram game doing nowadays? I don't know, man. I don't. It's just pictures of skies and emo lyrics, pretty much the same as it's always been. E Blake Murphy. Yeah. That's right. Over a thousand. Oh, this is a nice picture of you at uh, the victory thing. Oh, with the victory record sweater on. Yeah, so it's a great picture. Thanks, man. Damn, look at you, Blake. The best one is the one with uh, me and Bobby, where it looks like my. It looks like Bobby just told me I, I'm getting waved. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> the look tough. on my face is uh, that's it's very sad. Do people know that that's Bobby though? I don't think so. Okay, but. that's unfortunate. But no, that's definitely he just walked by and like, yeah, Blake, we're we're not we're not giving you a second ten day. Oh, yeah. that's tough. That's that's tough. Oh, actually, one one more thing. I don't know if you've uh, gotten to the bottom of this. What's that big pad that Kawhi's been sitting on? Yo, I have no idea, man. They don't <laughs> let me talk to anyone on the sports science staff. I want to. Uh... It's it's such a comically large pad. Like we've seen, like Phil Jackson, I think was the most famous for doing this because he would like, sit on this cushion or whatever. But this thing is like. It's like if you put two car seats on top of each other and like put Kawhi in this. Like it's so big. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's uh Okay. The thing is is like you can't explain I it. wanna I wanna ask about it and I wanna write about it, mm. but like you see the reaction to these dumb questions when like Kawhi's in LA. Yeah. And stuff. I don't wanna I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna like like I think it's funny and I think if you catch him on the right day. He'd like he'd tell you about it and, and maybe have a laugh about it or whatever. But like, I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy who asks him that question on like a day he's just not feeling the media. Yeah, I mean to be fair about the Christmas thing, he was asked about that like December first or whatever, and it's like that's too early to start. But it was Christmas like when thing, I was you know? in LA and someone asked him like he was like he joked they were like how's it like to be home and he joked he was like oh it's nice you get to see your family like you get some hugs and the person has to follow up <laughs> of like do you like hugs or like what do hugs mean to you or whatever and it's like man yo like so this is this is why like with serious guys like why i just stick to the rule of like i'm only asking about basketball stuff uh-huh just, um, I'll, I'll ask him about x's and o's or like this play at the end of the game or guarding this guy but anything that's not directly on the court i don't really want to i don't really want to ask why about were you did you happen to be in that scrum when the, hugs, when the hugs thing happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, you were there? 
Yeah, I was okay. I was in LA then. Can you confirm whether or not it was an Asian reporter that asked him about Christmas or the hugs? Oh, Christmas I wasn't there for. The hugs was not. It was okay. uh, a white lady. Mm. Okay. Um what was the what was the other thing? I'm, I've been basically on high alert ever since that Asian reporter asked Draymond about floods. It was like the the like Houston had just like flooded and everything, and like the Warriors went into Houston and like hit a bunch of threes. And his whole thing was like, "Hey, would you say you caused the flood in Houston?" And uh, Draymond was just like, "Nah, bro, it's, it's no, don't do this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that killed tough. me. It killed me. I can't believe Alex would ask that. Wow. <laughs> This racism is killing me, man. That's <laughs> okay. It's okay if I do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's. Yeah, I guess. Um, all right, man. All right, Blake. Um, this is enough. I didn't need to get out of here originally. Now I need to get out of here. I, don't, all right, I can't be a part of this. I'll see you Wednesday. All right, man. Thanks all for right. having me on. All right, peace. Follow Blake. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.